ramen noodles and then we had a technical difficulty and then i got pulled into the mix so i hope you didn't hear me slurping or anything coming on because i like to be dressed and ready to go um we are a political podcast we have viewpoints that are coming from real people talking about re real issues in real time um i i'm getting notes from production and the notes are coming very very quickly we talk about politics and sometimes politics involves money sometimes politics involves sex sometimes politics involves class and today it's going to involve race and not everybody likes to talk about race uh, but it's part of the news cycle and so we have to hit it uh, introducing today's panelists usually wednesday show is our strongest show Cherokee black editor youtube personality author Kirk Adair, author, professor, historian, Ryan Parker, parent, brother's got a back, uh, background in hospitality and he wants to work as an actor and he is now a minor equity owner in Embassy, the new channel that we are initiating for the podcast as well as other TV shows that we will have. So you guys will be also seeing us um, on television as well. Uh, I'd like to introduce Mr. Rob Arnold. He is the host of Political Firestorm. He's also a descendant of the Adams family, not the one that you see on TV with those people with the black hair, but John Adams, John Quincy Adams, and also Samuel Adams. The beer is not made by Samuel Adams, but the beer recognized his close relative, Samuel Adams. Then we have Ms. Nyerka Incarnacion. She homeschools her daughter. She is online doing her research. She does not have time to get on TV because TV is biased and she feels she can't even get a clear perspective from these journalists. Lastly, we have Samuel Kuchera, who has traveled internationally. He is also one of those minor equity partners as well as Cherokee Black. And um, he is someone that I rely upon very, very closely for business decisions. So having him as the co-host of the show uh, is certainly an acknowledgement of that. Wednesday's topic, wipe them off the effing map. Fired North Carolina cops accused of racism. Just so everybody knows, uh, one of the contributing panelists had a discussion with our production manager and said, oh, you know, it's about race, I don't wanna be there. And I get it, I get it. But until we're at least all on the same page and we can acknowledge where we've been, we can't be clear on where we are. And so because of that, these incidents are still happening because of that. Unfortunately, the cops were a Caucasian and there were three of them. 
So, uh, Michael Kevin Piner. Now, if your name is Michael, why do they call you Kevin? Maybe that's part of the problem. And um, is an officer in North Carolina, and he mentions, I don't know what city, he mentions um, Black Lives Matter protests will lead to civil war. Wilmington. Is the key word in this sentence civil or war? Brian Parker, I give you the floor. So it was in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, and, 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 and I'm sorry, Brian, you are from North Carolina. And that mm -hmm. is something I should have acknowledged with our audience today, because this topic is very personal for you. Oh, absolutely. I, now, here's the funny thing. I'm not surprised at all. And I'm sure most people that heard what he said was surprised. Um, and the reason people are becoming more outraged and surprised is because what people think people say when no one's listening is now right. being put out there. Right. That's the, only, that's the only thing that's really changed. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been in North Carolina pretty much all my life, except for the last uh, five years here in New York. And Oh, that's it? Yeah. yeah oh, so, man. You, so you I know. Biscuits, grits, and gravy for breakfast. I've been eating good all my life, yeah. So, mm. I, so I know how it is. When, and when I expressed last week about having anxiety, as a black person, when the police come around you, it's because those things that now you're hearing them say, right. we've known that that's how they felt. And before somebody jumps in and says something about, well, there's only, there's a few bad apples and all that. Well, it's a whole lot of bad apples being exposed right now. Right. It must so, be an infestation of worms going on because there's a lot of okay. bad apples. So, you remember, so, do you know, so, you know what, he said? What, what exactly he said? Because I have it in front of me. He said, we yes, are going- Would you please read it? Would you please? Okay, he said, we are, going, we are going to go out and start slaughtering them effing N-word. I can't, I can't wait. God, I can't wait. That's what he said. I called so, up my nephew and, and, and sent him that so that he would be careful because he works there. He's so I, I want our audience and our panelists, oh, this phone. I want our audience and our panelists to understand that this is language that's being said, quote unquote, anonymously. But now what people are doing is they are tracking where these anonymous statements are coming from. Right. And now people are being held accountable. Right. Yeah. They lost okay. their jobs. They, it, it was a private moment between. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm, on a side note here, um, I, I lost my train of thought. Um, so I'm going to go back to the question. Mm -hmm. We are just going, it, 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 the, the subject is very personal for me, and maybe that's why it, it, um, you know, it causes me to kind of lose myself. We are just going to go out slaughtering them F and N, the F word, the N word. So who should scrutinize law enforcement, Nurka Encarnacion, who should be scrutinizing law enforcement if this type of language is happening, if these type of threats are being made? Well, because if, I'm sorry, sister, if we, we, remember, we're referring to the, we're, we're trying to associate the protesters with the rioters as if, you know, being in a protest means that you're associated with violence. You were going to say, sister, before I cut you up? 
what I was going to say, you asked me the question, who should be reinforcing? Whoever is the governor of that state, the mayor, they are the ones who should be reinforcing any type of situation there to, to put it to us, to bring it to a stop. I know you're going to say that is the president, but the, the president under the yeah. constitution, he's not supposed to interfere with the state unless the state asks him for. They have to ask him for whatever help he needs. When you're talking about blatant racism, you can't erase that. That's in their bloodline. I wasn't going to say the president. It doesn't have anything to do with the president, the mayor, or the governor. These are racist. Thank you. These are no. racist. I, local, I think I issue. think the assumption was Brian Parker that I, as the host of the show, was going to do, make a lead question to gotcha. direct. Mm-hmm. Yes, gotcha they call question. that a gotcha. They call that a gotcha question. It's what attorneys do in the courtroom when they back you up into a corner and you only have one direction to go into. Uh-huh. In fact, in fact, New Yorker answered the question improperly. The question, New Yorker, he asked you was who should scrutinize? You asked who should be enforced. So try again now. Okay, because that's, I, I, that's what I thought he said, that who should reinforce it. Okay. No, scrutinize, just scrutinize. I want to know who should be scrutinizing law enforcement. Same, same people, the governors and the mayors. Now, let, let me just put out a radical concept for everybody. The police work for you. Right. Correct. And since they work for you, why would one need to rely upon a governor or a mayor if they work for you? Let me me correct that. There is something wrong there. The police does not work for us. They work for the state. The the sheriff is the one that works for the people. You got to get that clear. It's not the police. It's the sheriff. If you have ah. a problem, if you have a problem, you go to the sheriff, not the police. Where okay. is the, where's the sheriff? Deputy dog? What's going there on? There are sheriff, deputy dog. There are sheriff's departments all over the country. For we don't see them. Under the Constitution, who protect our rights? It's not the In police. In the U.S. Constitution, the, the sheriff's department. The state and the property. The, okay, one second, guys. This is why we're in so much trouble because we don't know who to call for. Right on. I like what Yurka just said. She clarified that the police don't work for the people, they work for the state. They do. Now, Yurka, you have Mm. mentioned before the United States of America being a business, being in debt. And now I'm sort of understanding why, what is happening. Now, Kirk Adair, I don't know if you know where I'm going in regards, but if the sheriff works for the people and the police work for the state, could this perhaps be the crux of our problem is that the state needs funds to continue operating. And if locking up people, the most vulnerable people who just happen to be African-American or GBLTQ or poor, well, then so be it because we need to earn revenue to keep this operation functioning. Could, is there a connection here? Am I being realistic in this assessment? Where are you getting your, your, your funding? What, why are you relating this to funding? Well. Because New York is right. The sheriffs are elected 
the police are appointed and hired, okay? With regard to funding, they should not be defunded. They should be, the funding should be increased and the training should be increased. They get out of high school and a high school bully is immediately hired as a policeman. No, no, they need, in, in, any, other, in any other sane country, they have to go to, to school for two to three years to become a policeman. They have to right. understand. And that's not a requirement here? How, I thought they had to go to John Jay College or something. No, no, no they can get it with Tom a high school. They can get it with a high school. But it's not mandatory. One second. One second. One second. Kurt, please re-clarify what you were saying. They're graduating high school and what? They're graduating high school with a with a high school diploma. And then they apply to the police department. They could be the high school bully and they're immediately hired. There's no vetting. And the vetting is left up to the states, okay? And the thing is that with, in addition to the vetting being left up to the states, they, since um, uh, Operation Desert Storm, they have now been militarizing the police with an agenda. And it's the deep state agenda to bring martial law to the country. And then they, what they were hoping to do is nationalize all police forces across the United States and make them one uh, organization. The, the, uh, the incident in North Carolina is despicable. The, uh, the governor uh, should have, there should be, over, personally, I feel there should be oversight committees to every uh, police department in every town and, and statewide, that they should- Say, say that again, stuff, please. You feel any of the stuff that goes on like this should be immediately handled, immediately, and okay. it must be immediately seen, fired, prosecuted, finished, that's it. And too many Kirk. times they allow the states to drag their feet on us. And that has become a big problem. Okay, so Kirk, you bring up a very, very good point. And I had asked you to re-clarify something that you said. You said, oh, did anyone else get a gist of the statement? Because I'm not even quite clear what was being said. The Wi-Fi was in and out a little bit. Oversight. Oh, oversight. Yes. And Kirk Adair, you said who, there should be oversight of the police department by whom? There should be, um, uh, if, it's a, if it's a city police department, there should be a city oversight or a town oversight committee. Civilians. Civilians, yes. Civilians. But, because but isn't that police, what the They used to have a civilian review board. The police are here to assist us. They do not make the laws. They are only here to enforce the law. Okay, Cherokee Black had something that you wanted to They think they're enforcing. They're making it. Cherokee, go ahead. I said that they used to have a civilian review board for law enforcement in New York. When I was growing up and, and, and until about maybe 20, 30 years ago, the, the policemen were a part of the community. They knew everybody. We knew who they were. And there was a community thing. They wouldn't shoot you because they knew your family. If you did something wrong, it was taken care of like that. It wasn't. And, and there was a review board. There was. I don't know what happened to Like you said, maybe it's because it's become militarized. Okay. And Daniel John... My brother, you've been M-I-A. I'm going to call you Mia. Your name isn't Mr. Daniel John anymore. It's Mia. <laughs> Mr. Mia, um, I'm glad to have you back to the program. 
um, I hope you'll be joining a little more frequently because we're not always sure when you're going to be here, but I know you're a busy guy. Who would you say, um, from the right perspective, should be scrutinizing law enforcement? Who would you say? Okay. I'm having some trouble hearing you. Can you come a little bit closer to your mic? Okay, I'm not, I don't seem to be getting any response, so I'm going to put Mr. Jenner, John on hold. I'm going to redirect the question to Rob Arnold. Well, I, I believe that Cherokee is exactly right. There used to be these, um, these, these committees where it was like, you know, mixed in with the civilians, and that was the way to go. But I think that we've outgrown it because we've got such a high population now. And then what Kirk Adair is talking about with the militarization of our police forces, I think what we're seeing now is blowback against that. Um, I, I think that that blowback is terribly unfortunate. Uh, I think we really need to everyone just have cooler heads and understand the difference between protesters and rioters, protesters and looters. And so... You know, and, 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 and let's be clear, those protests, when they're out there, there are lots of the rioters and looters among them. That's just a fact. They're in the mix. And so then what you've got, what you end up with is a menacing mob. And so I, I think, you know, martial law is maybe where Rob we're Rob Arnold, I got to challenge you. I got to challenge do. you. The United, States, the United States has a reputation in, for mob justice and vigilante justice well it's all, all, all countries of the world it's more behavior well, i'm answering your point. you know i think there's very, a lot tulsa of, tulsa everything. oklahoma is a perfect example of that okay but you're you're we're not talking about you're tulsa, saying, oklahoma we're talking about what's gone down in north carolina tulsa oklahoma huh? we Listen, are well, we're talking say, about we're to, we're talking about race issues so okay, unfortunately well, but, but north carolina what that guy said you know in his private conversation there were three of them it's it's just yeah there were a few people there I think that they are just, you know, hideous. You don't be talking about F and Ners. Um, right. And there's no reason to be talking like that. But he's not talking about, let's be clear here. We don't know if he was talking. He may he may have been plan on, planning on doing. We don't as know. much of a jackass no, as that clearly is. I'm going to say we don't really know. You know, we don't know who that guy is 100%. So he, he looks like a complete jackass. But he's not talking about black people in general. He's talking about the looters and the rioters, and the other shoe going to drop on them at some point. So should, so, so should he go and kill some fucking niggers? No. What he should do is go out and arrest people. If they resist and they start shooting, you're going to just kill them, white, black, or otherwise. What do you think? It's all nothing but black people in there? You got all kinds of white people in Antifa. They're a bunch of scum. Look, you could say that name calling is not okay, but I'm telling you, it's not about it's observational they're scum well they were burning well, well let's let's now. let's be clear to our audience niggers not a name it's a slur right. for african americans that use the word in rap shut the fuck up I, I'm, I'm not going to dice that any other way stop being an ignorant buffoon stop talking to your community like a complete ass speak like you are educated speak like you are empowered I had to take a moment, people, because I'm so tired of these young black men that are speaking like that. 
because you're giving these white people who don't like you, the ones that don't like you, you're giving them a, a, a reason to get up in your face and call you a nigger and say, yeah, I'm going to call you a nigger because you called yourself one. And well, I you know what? Actually, one thing real quick. Real quick. Uh, I want to stop you for a second. Let's just add right after. I was just called nigger three weeks ago by somebody. And that's somebody who wanted to do business with me. So if you think it rarely happens, I want you all to think again. Robbie, go ahead, please. Yeah, the, the, the one quick thing I want to say, well, there's two quick things. One, the clarification on the police. The police don't work for the people. They work for the state, but they serve the people. So let's be clear on that. Um, the other thing is, I think there are a lot of black guys that say, yo, what's up, my nigga? Only Rob, to Rob. We just, we know that. We got, don't, 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 don't say that. Don't, Rob, don't say that. Mark, don't say, I'll say whatever the hell word I want to say. No, you no, won't. No, 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 I will put my hands okay, on you. Stop, Do not say that word. I'll knock you the hell out. Look, I'm telling you. So why is it okay? You're going to get hurt. Why is it okay to make a point? The host is speaking. Visceral reaction. Stop. Stop. Stop it. God damn it, we just spoke about this. We are recording I'm a show. We have to show more respect for this audience. Now, please, please, you've never heard me act like that or speak like that. And I don't like saying the word because the word is derogatory. And no Caucasian person has a permission to say the word. If I am not clear, let me make myself clear now. Black people that say the word, you're fucking fools. White people that say the word, you're disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Cherokee, Ryan, I acquiesce. Samuel, I acquiesce. I got one more question. I can't even answer, ask the question. Go ahead. Um, if you guys, please, discuss. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marquis. I'm sorry. But, but I, I feel the same way. And when I hear, I tried to explain this to Nick. There's certain places you cannot go. Just because you hear people say it, don't mean you say it. When you feel like you have so much hubris and arrogance to sit there and think you're going to come on the stage, and I'm dead serious, and I don't mean to take it personally, but but you're not Trump. Trump got Secret Service. He can say Pocahontas and Kung Flu. You don't and, have Secret and, Service. And Pocahontas is a is derogatory to Native right. American. And if in in, in in Native Americans are not, well, we consider them red, so we consider them a race. I believe the whole concept of race is bullshit, but right, yes, right. it's racist. Pocahontas right. is racist. Kung flu is racist. Can I say what he said? It? The reason why he said it was because she was, she was saying that she was a native Indian and she wasn't. And the okay. reason why people were saying that is because there are treaties that are made within the United States and the native Indians, and she was trying to take advantage of it. You don't okay. know what I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, but there, but there you go. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Listen to what Nirka just said. Nirka just said she was a Native Indian. Mr. Daniel John, what country do you come from? I come from. I'm an Indian. Okay. Are you are you an Indian? Mm -hmm. My parents are Indians. I am an Indian. Yeah. Because you come from India. Yes. So it was an ignorant person who thought they were in India that said Indians. Right. Let's, let's stop calling people Indian. They, Native Americans? Native if, Americans are called First Nation. They were the we're first. first we're here first. We're here first. That's right. And this term Indian and this term, uh, what's the other term we use? Uh, 
Native, from, native to the land, that's okay. Red face, red face or something like that. Um, yeah. uh, what, what's, what's the name of the team, guys? What's the name Redskins. of the school? Redskins. Redskins. Calling them Redskins, well, people find that racist. It is. Um, so it so is. Rob, Rob, I'm sorry to get upset and have to raise my voice like that. I don't um, give a damn. Okay, but that's the but, but but I don't give a damn about his no, his no, 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 I no, didn't interject, but that's the problem. That's but just nobody, too stupid. Nobody. That's nobody. The problem. Shut up. Look, uh, Marquis, I don't mind permission. if you raise your voice at me. Nobody has permission to say the word nigger. The only reason I said First off, it, I didn't say nigger, I said nigger. There's a big difference. Let's edu let's educate everybody. Too. Let's educate everybody. Oh Lord. Neither one is any good. And the people that try to bypass right the too. pain of one to say the other, that's buffoonery. Okay? What's buffoonery it's is that is that people see blacks using the word left and right. And then they turn around and say, you're, you're, why are you saying that? So I can say it too. That's no, what no, I, my can't. point was trying to, the can't. point I was trying to make, the point I was trying to make is that when white people think that they can use that word simply because black men use it every day amongst themselves, is white people I don't not use it. I don't white, use hold on, hold on, hold on. It's white people not getting it. But, but you know something? That you do know that. something? They do that because it's kind of spiteful. And I don't blame them. What is... Okay, hold on, hold on. Rob, what's spiteful? What's spiteful about what, what I've done? Saying, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm, listen, I'm trying to convey a point for crying out loud. It's, I need you to shorten it though. When, when, when young black men use that word amongst themselves. And they're an isolated it, group. Right. And in this day and age, they're basically saying, we can use this word amongst ourselves, but because you white people used it in such a horrible way, get in the back of the bus, you can't drink from this water fountain, you cannot use it. That's true. And so my, what I was trying to convey is that white people ought not use that word in a general sense. And those cops in North ever, Carolina. Ever, ever, ever. Really? Ever. No, if I'm going to assign that word, I'm not such an emotional idiot that I'm going to be like, I can't assign the word ever to somebody who uses it. Not nah, okay. Bob, Bob Arnold, hold on. Let's put it on pause for a second. To generalize. You know, there used to be a Let's put it on pause. Put it on pause. Put it on pause. You got your ass kicked. Um, okay. my, 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 my answer no, is, is that everybody they're within their right. Everybody pause. Why are we not able to listen to the host of the show? Would you like me to be rude or disrespectful or not invite you back? We have a person who joined, and I would like to include them into the conversation. Mr. Daniel John, Thank you. you've been away for a few weeks. You came into this topic of conversation. Rob Arnold said, we're talking about race. I don't want to talk about it. Maybe this is why. Hmm. You know, race is a concept created identifying people by skin color. But in India, you guys have the caste system. Would you explain to us what India is doing to move past all of that? Because it is very, very uncomfortable and sensitive. Would you just give us some background on that? Okay, so uh, India is doing a lot. Uh, they have uh, had the quota system for the last 50, uh, 70 years. Quota, okay. And that allows, uh, that gives um, a percentage of uh, seats for college admissions, school admissions, for jobs, all sorts of things. So if you're going, applying to 
a job with the postal system or the railway system, the uh, quota system, um, uh, you know, they started it at 10%, they moved it to 33%, now it's more like 50% now in order to move these backward classes to the top up front. Um, and so nowadays you will see uh, people from rural villages who are in the backward classes occupy uh, high-level jobs that were not seen before. And, um, okay. and it offends people, but um, you know, there's nothing that can be done because they qualify for whatever reason. And then over time, society will sort of erase uh, itself in thinking of these people as backward uh, classes and so forth. So it, okay. the government is, does a lot. So everybody, when you reply to my question, I'm giving you a minute. After a minute, I'm cutting you off. 60 seconds, cutting you off. I'm talking over you. You're getting muted. Uh, Mr. Daniel John, I appreciate what you just shared with us, and it was very important to hear all of that. I want to remind the panelists, speaking time is one minute. Um, in, in other situations, I may give you 30 seconds or let you elaborate. Um, quota is the key word that you use. When we say quota here in the United States, it's so prolific and yet it's so antagonistic. And oftentimes that word gets associated with affirmative action meeting quotas. Mr. Daniel John, why, why would that be working for India? What, what, what is the goal? So India has a lot more population to worry about, at least three times that of the United States, uh, or actually more than three times because they are at 1.25 uh, billion right now. And uh, so moving these um, people from backward society, people who live in rural areas up to the forefront of uh, society uh, became paramount for the government when they got independence. Um, and um, with uh, affirmative action, it is not really the same thing. Affirmative action looks at a, uh, many other factors, um, not necessarily just the race alone, uh, to be able to qualify uh, a person. There's a formula. So I am. Whoa, um, whoa. But you just said something there that's profound. You okay. said affirmative action, you're a person on the right of color. You said affirmative action is not about race alone. So then why does everybody think it's a quota system? Well, I'm not sure everybody thinks that. Maybe you do, um, but- um, That's the discussion. It's certainly, it's not really called a quota system. So there's a reason why the United States government came up with this new word called affirmative, new, new plan called affirmative action. So um, their objective is somewhat the same. And there may have been a quota system in, in the United States, as, United States as well in the past, which got changed to what is now called affirmative action so that people are not complaining as much. Okay, thank you. Samuel Kachera, were you paying attention? Yes, I was. We're way off topic. I, Go on. You know, and I... <laughs> I Man, but, but you know something? Instead of wiping them off the effing map, maybe we need to do is put them on the map and offer equal opportunity, correcting the four years of bad, 400 years of bad behavior, 
voting one guy in who is biracial, so he's half white, doesn't necessarily correct the other 400 years. Hiring one does not mean you have a diverse marketplace. Having friends, as I've said before, does not mean that you will go into business or allow them to do business with you or you will uh, live in the same neighborhood. Samuel, do you understand where I'm going with this? I think I understand where you're going with this, but I'm not sure I fully agree because you just said hiring one right after you were talking about the presidency. So the, 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 the hired one, the one that, which was hired, was hired by the people. Now, if you want to talk about correcting 400 years of slavery and, 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 and poor rules and things like that, well, I, I agree with you, but what's the end game? When, when, do people, when, do, when do people start moving forward? Brian, I take into account everything which you told me earlier. Previously, when I'm, saying that, when I'm asking this question, I really take it all into account. But, but what is the end game? When do we take responsibility to move forward for ourselves. The, the, the end game is when the playing field is is equal, is equally Ooh. distributed. Thank you. Thank but you. Only, but but not everyone thinks it's not equally distributed, except <laughs> right. That's I, the I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel really bad to say what I'm about to Does say. Does that make any sense? I, I, feel sense. Really bad. I feel really bad with what I'm about to say. All right, say but but and, and I I mean it, but I don't. I do, I'm just trying to make a point, really. Okay. Right. The ones who who are the the ones who are are mostly saying this are either the ones who are still, for lack of better words, left behind, and the sympathizers, like the white sympathizers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're sitting out there. They're they're there's white people running around with Black Lives Matter, talking about you know free the black people and blah blah blah, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like. It's like, but, but why are they there? Because they're sympathizing. Okay, got that. That's cool. But mm -hmm. Samuel, but Samuel, but again, I'm sorry, brother. You, you heard me say that I was called the N-word three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Yes. Business conversation and not nigger. He said nigger in my eyes, in my face. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, three weeks ago, I was called a cracker. If cracker and nigger don't equate because... Cracker may not get you killed. Nigger usually meant that your city was going to get burned down. You would be hanging in a tree or we'd Back walk in out. Day. And Listen, I'm going to make a clarification here. I okay. want to make a clarification with you. Well, but, but, but before you clarify, before you clarify. Hold on, hold on. You should me no, out. I'm not going to hold on. I'm uh, not. Rob, wait a minute. I'd like to hear more. I'm not. Because on this program, we just had a conversation about black people being hung in trees. And it was very uncomfortable. So don't bypass Rob. Rob, on this program, we're going to acknowledge where we are. We're also you going to acknowledge out on something. I want you to answer it. He didn't call you out. Yes, I'm giving, you, I'm giving you 60 seconds, bro. Got you it. called me out by saying that I said I don't want to talk about race. Let's be clear here. I talk about race to the tune of public speaking to audiences of 5,000 people. Okay, but on this call, you could be on the mic. You want to let me finish in 60 seconds? Is that okay? Wow. Sick of this. You're right. You're right. But I'm not going to let you BS in that 60 seconds. I'm going to hold you accountable to your words. 
You spoke well, to I'm, the production I'm, manager I'm, and said after you committed, you cut it's it about race. I don't want to talk about it. As a what? As a Caucasian male. And you said 60 seconds and you cut in at five. You're going to answer truthfully. Okay. So, folks, Rob Arnold has left us. When you tune, tune into Verbal Assault Talk Show, Verbal Assault Live Stream, we give everybody fair opportunity to speak. Unfortunately, on today's program, Rob has been out of line a couple of times and he's cut off a few, um, he's cut off a few listeners. If you're that type of right-wing person, then we do not want you on this show. Go to FAUX News because they allow that. CNN, unfortunately, allows it too. I watch CNN because CNN is better at challenging those people. But let's be clear, CNN leans very, very left. I had to say three to four different times as host of the show, here you go. I model my style after Chris Cuomo. Yes, he's on CNN. Yes, he's related to the governor of New York. He's also a very good interview, and I've been compared to Matt Lauer. So if you come on our program and you think you're going to ramble or get off subject, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you and pull you right back. This is not the type of place that you're going to be. Yes, it's not. So with that being said, um, to redirect the uh the conversation, Samuel, you and I were kind of going back and forth. Do you understand why this is such an incendiary topic? Rob Arnold is very, very uncomfortable, like a lot of white America, about hearing certain things. New York Encarnacion, Black Lives Matter, you said, don't affiliate me with that. But in actuality, they're protesting for people like you so that you can come to this country and you can have the same opportunity because you're on the top of the boat. And some people, unfortunately, had to come in the bottom of the boat. And all of that trauma has went through 400 years. And so when people are going through 400 years of trauma, and they need to get down in the street and stop traffic. And they need to scream and, and create a ruckus. Or they need to burn something down. I don't want anything burned down, too, either. But, Nyurka, why don't you have a conversation with me about Tulsa, Oklahoma, and tell me what your thoughts are on that? Because that was not a riot. That was a massacre, my sister. Do you understand what, what we're... Do you understand what's happening here? So we're looking at these BLM and we want to associate them with rioters. Yet Trump is saying, well, let's hold the rally in Tulsa. His rallies are mostly Caucasian. Where was the intention to connect with those people of African descent? Where did he say, I would like to reach out to the African-American community? And therefore, this is why I want to have this event on this historic holiday in this community where this massacre took place. When did he say that? You do research, sister. When did he say that? He didn't say that. So in our mind, there's no good intention there. And I really want 
you, Mirka, Samuel, Daniel, John, I want you to help the left understand how they should take something positive about having this rally in this city with such sensitive memories. Can I start? And yes, please. And the audacity to say that he made Juneteenth famous. Please, Daniel John. Okay, um, sorry, I just want to go back to Rob. Um, I, I think the reason why you brought him into this conversation, I agreed it is your show, uh, is because- It's our can, show, actually. It is our show, okay. Um, is, is because you also want to hear some of the extreme, the viewpoints of the extreme right. And to me, he represents the extreme right. Uh, I am not as, as uh, um, far to the right as he is, but I think we all agree on one thing. He is not a racist. Uh, otherwise, he would not have been talking to me. He would not have been talking to Sam Kuchera, Kirk Adair. I don't agree with that. Okay, so, I mean, that's, Brian, I do not know how much you know him, but... Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let's acknowledge here. Brian, you don't agree with what? About him being a racist. Of course he is. Oh. I would he not is. have been talking to me on that a mean that. basis for years, or maybe 10 years. I've had, white, I've had white folk laugh in my face and I knew they were racist. Stop. One thing don't equate to the other. But go ahead, okay. go, go ahead with your one minute. Okay, go ahead, uh, Ryan, I'm gonna come back to you. Uh, Mr. Daniel John, I'm sorry, please finish because I just needed to know what point he's challenging. Go ahead, please. Right, and um, it has no relation to me, but I just wanted to say also that you gave him 60 minutes, but you did not allow him to speak for 60 minutes and you should have allowed him to finish his thought however bad it was, because he represents many, many things, which includes uh, a person to the far right. And he, he also, been, we are challenging our views as to how white people think about all of us, whether, you, whether you're an African-American, whether you are a Cherokee, whether you are a Daniel John or whoever. But he's the host. Allow him to have that, um, the freedom of right to speak so that we can understand his perspective and thus, okay. We are host. able to pass it on to our audience so that they can understand how a white man who's been, you know, a hundred generations white, uh, who probably never understand the life of a, a, a dark man in, you know, um, foreseeable future. Okay. So exposes, gives us education at the same time. Okay. Let me, do, let me say this, um, Mr. Jenny John, unfortunately you are not on Monday or Tuesday's program. And though there's, uh, there's been a, uh, a circulating, growing, accumulating pattern of behavior that has unfortunately become disrespectful. And confrontational. Now, I'm a confrontational host. Yes. But as the host, my job is to lead the conversation. And if I need to challenge you on a point, I will stop you to interject in, to pull you back on subject, or because you're saying something so fast, the audience misses it. What I notice about oftentimes with the right, the Democrats like to whine, blah, 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 you know, and then, you know, give people crumbs. What I notice about the right is that what they like to do is they like to redirect the conversation to negate what you said by pulling up something from 20 years ago or 10 years ago or 200 years ago and saying, well, so-and-so did this, well, why can't I? I don't understand how someone can call 
a whole country full of neighbors, rapists and drug dealers, and a person on our panel who is a Spanish speaker still feels comfortable to support them. I don't understand it. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just being honest and saying, I don't understand it. And so I want to get clarity. I'm going to say this as nicely as I possibly can. Because I've been challenged by Kirk Adair before, and I've been challenged by uh, Rob Arnold before, and I've been challenged by many Caucasian men, and I'm not saying that um, being challenged is a bad thing. But I've often said, as a business owner, I noticed that people feel very, very comfortable to challenge a person of color or a woman in authority. But when it comes to a Caucasian male, they don't do that. They accept the fact that they're in a position of authority and they respect that. So Mr. Daniel John, to clarify, um, Rob has often spoken well over his 60 minutes. I don't know any other show that allows the right and the left to come in even numbers and to speak in equal time. The right has the habit of getting, sorry, the right has the habit of getting onto CNN and changing the topic, going in a different direction. And that's, that has been a concern for the past couple of days, if not the past couple of weeks, but go ahead. You want yeah, to, I didn't to see, I did not see him get his 60 minutes after 10 seconds, 20 seconds, you started interrupting him, but also um, just for um, everybody here, as well as uh, the audience that's listening to our podcast. I want to say that it is not fair for African Americans to be oversensitive towards the topic of race, just because there has been 400 years of injustice, injustice over 400 years does not mean that the moment I raise my hand or my mouth and it seems like something is going in the, in the direction of derogatory speech, Somebody else who is of a different race raises up all kinds of heck, saying, hey, I know who you are and where you come from. No. You know, you should take it easy, listen a little bit, and perhaps Rob Arnold is not the person. Perhaps he's trying to make a point. Right. And and so he speaks probably more than I do and I host the show. I will say that. Samuel Kachira... I really want you to say something and you're saying nothing. And I think the fact that you're saying nothing, I'm not criticizing you, brother. It's an observation, but I believe it speaks volumes because I believe that there's a lot to think about here. I really do. Um, Black people are over, we are being oversensitive. I'm gonna close the show on that. Uh, I, I would like to, have a conversation with the Michael Shelvins and tell them why I'm oversensitive. I would like to have a conversation with the judges who give disparities in judicial. And Yurka, you understand where I'm coming from because you, you see it in housing. I would like to have a conversation with them. And I I've confronted them too. I've confronted them because you said that we don't confront white men. I've confronted them. Why? Because I'm a person of principle. Okay, it's so again, it's about okay. principle and dignity. And I'm muting you. I'm sorry, New York. I got, I got to mute you. I got to mute you. And again, if I'm doing the closing, I'm going to ask everybody, don't add it, please. 
I mentioned Nyerka because I want the audience to understand where we are. So white males, if you have a problem talking about race, get over it because you need to continue talk, you need to continue having a conversation. But white men, the first thing that y'all need to do, and my, my Caucasian sisters, I'm talking to you too. Y'all need to listen. Because there's a whole lot of history that has not been clarified. My sister, New York Encarnacion, you come from the Caribbean. My brother, Daniel John, you come from Asia. There are things that you are not aware of that the books cannot tell you. There are things that are so disgusting and traumatic that our ancestors of African descent wouldn't even share those stories. So I want you all just to keep in mind, if people are still putting this type of vitriol on Facebook, maybe now you should ask yourselves, do Black Lives Matter? And if they do matter, why does someone need to remind me? Thank you for tuning in to Verbal Assault Livestream. <clears throat> we uh, were heard on several platforms, uh, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're growing, and so not everybody's going to be able to grow with us. If you would like to be part of the conversation and you can have a discussion and listen to the other side, then come on. But this host is going to challenge you. You don't like getting challenged? Don't come here. Because, you know, people like to go off. People just like to be heard. And sometimes you have to interject to stop them and say, Ugh. and I like to do that for our audience. So being part of the crew, uh, excuse me, being part of the cast, C-A-S-T-C-R-E-W at gmail.com, castcrew at gmail.com. Thursday's discussion is pandemic pandemonium. Reality sets in as cases soar. We'll talk about COVID-19 tomorrow. Thank you all so much, and I look forward to seeing you then. I'm different. I'm different.